This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE. Uh, Just to double-check quickly, does the code still work if you do it in uppercase? (laughs) Probably Science. Hey everybody, and welcome to Probably Science. Uh, we're back here at Bluebell Ranch. I'm joined, of course, by Andy Wood. Yes, indeed. Oh, this is Jesse Case, by the way. I'm bad at these. Uh, I'm also joined by uh, by Matt Kirshen. Hey, welcome back, Jesse. Hey, welcome back, you two. Um, you. Fun was had by all. How's everyone doing? We're good. I still haven't heard how your stuff went, more importantly. Ah, we'll get to it. Okay. It was okay. pretty, yeah. But the festival was good. We missed you there, but it was a fun time. We had a fun live uh, I episode. Missed, I missed being there, man. It's my fave. Yep. You know who else was at the festival? Who's that? Our guest this evening, the very funny Mike Kaplan. Oh, hello. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me at the festival and here. Yeah, we've been wanting to get you on the show for a long time, but Mike lives on the East Coast. It's true. So he's only occasionally over here, and you're a busy man when you're in town. I do what I can. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to get that. Uh, You got in just this morning. I did. So you missed uh, Andy's birthday shenanigans. Sad to have done so. Heard great things. Talked to people who were there. They had a great time. Great time. There was a pool party at Bluebell Ranch. Here there was a crazy lady. There was a... What happened? uh, um, Crazy hot lady. Did a crazy hot lady show up after I left? Yeah, I wonder if there's any risk of like... We're not naming names, so no one's going to know. No, no, no. I mean, we're calling her hot, too. Just like a crazy hypersexual yeah. person saying inappropriate things right away to people. When Kissing people them. on the mouth, right. et cetera. Oh, that happened? Uh, yeah, somebody. No. no names. No, don't say names, but back up and everything. I always leave before this <laughs> stuff happens. Why do I always take off before things like that? You should have hung out, Should have hung out, man. The biggest <laughs> surprise for me at the party was just uh, comedians have been working out recently. <laughs> so that's a crushing Comics. disappointment. Oh, people oh. are in there great shape now. There were just... They, they were... Like traditionally at a party like that, as a comic, I I've sort of been, I've been in the upper off. percentile <laughs> of bodies just by virtue of not being fat, <laughs> so just by not being overweight. I'm sort of I'm doing all right. Sure, but people actually have muscles now on their on their frame. You think Mark Agee, past guest of the show, Mark Agee in particular, is uh, is ripped? Yeah, they're it's impressive. A waste of time. <laughs> You're all gonna die. Work out your brains. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's weird is they're also doing that. They're doing kinkin puzzles Damn it. while they're lifting those weights. That makes sense then. Like, tin puzzles? Kinkin. What's kinkin? It's the hottest new craze. It's like okay. Sudoku. But with math. Is that a real thing? Yeah. It is. He's, yeah. He's not, he's not lying. No, it's Did really... Sign up I, like, I like it better than Sudoku. Me too. It's, Me more, too. it's fun. Yeah, I mean... Even in the back of the Delta of the ones, Sky magazines. It's like, it looks like a Sudoku grid, but yeah, you have you gotta to... You got to add and subtract or multiply and divide. Yeah. yeah the, but the still numbers, only one The numbers per... within certain boxes have to add up to the number in the corner. Correct. Got or it. multiply or divide to it. Right. Yeah. Or subtract to it. But it still has to... Um, yeah, one number per line situation. Like one, two, three, four in some order going down and across. Sure. Is there a systematic way to do it? Because once I realized there was for Sudoku, I'm like, oh, this is no fun at all because you could just follow this system and it's just plug and chug. It's a formula. Hmm. A plug and chug system? Did you ever use the term plug and chug for formulas? Not for, for formulas. Ladies. Yeah, not for <laughs> math class. Yeah. Is that ever, that's not a thing you First, ever... nope. You plug a lady, then like, you chug her. When you get I to the point in, in solving a math equation that... Uh, You've done the real work, the real mental work, and now it's like, okay, now it's just laid out there. Now you just plug the numbers so in. So it's just sort of ro- robotic. Yeah. You've done, like, the difficult part is, I don't know what the term for that would be, but like once you get to a certain point, okay, now it's just plug and chug. 
and that's what Sudoku is from get from like from the start. If you wanted to just follow a system where you all oh, you are you talking about Smack and Jack? Yeah, about <laughs> Smack and Jack. Exactly. Oh, that was yeah. my we had oh, different no, no, no. from the South. I had a different yeah. math. That, I I think you guys are thinking of that MTV uh, Rock and Jock, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. okay, yes, yes. Hang on, do you mean insert and iterate? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all had different. Yeah. England. Give her a bit to the old insert and iterate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Gave her oh, a bit of the like old, old stop, collaborate, and listen, yeah? <laughs> um. <laughs> so uh, I, I like science. <laughs> before we get started, we've got some people to thank. We have a lot of people to thank. Firstly, yeah, we, because we didn't do any of the housekeeping last week. Firstly, before we go on to thank the donors, a huge thank you to the people who turned up to the live taping at mm-hmm. Bridgetown. A surprising number. We were delighted by... I don't know how many people were fans of the show and how many people just wanted to see if a similar Galaga-style meltdown happened <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the next year. Did it? No, no, we had... Our guests were excellent. Our guests were Paul Provenza, comedian, director, etc., and Amber Case talking about cyborg anthropology. They were which, both great. If you yeah, don't know was... what that is, then... Nor did I until this time last week. I this is back to the episode. We just got that up um, and running. I did have people when uh, when we released who the guests were, I did have people emailing me thinking I'm going to do like a character. Oh, okay. like, that was me like... But doing it was like an Amber. Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Bugs Bunny and Drag. <laughs> right. I'm a cyborg anthropologist. Like, that's how low rent we've gotten. We can't get, we can't get, we can't get guests anymore. But it was your mom. It was my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Amber. <laughs> She's very young. She's a very young name. Yeah, there aren't really any Ambers in our parents' generation, are there? Nah. It wasn't even a name. I thought uh, Abraham Lincoln was married to an Amber. That can't be true. No, you thought that? I was like, wait, did you really think well, that? Of course, he's British, so I took him at face value. And no, Mary Todd Lincoln, right? Yeah. That's, uh, that's right. correct. Yeah. Right. Abraham Lincoln is actually what it's short for. <laughs> yeah, Abraham Lincoln. When my uh, when my mom was uh, visiting L.A. for the first time, we were driving, you know, back over here from across the hill, mm-hmm. and uh, so when we're, we're sort of driving up Highland, and she goes, "Oh, honey, look, the Ford Theater." Because there's a Ford Theater. Oh, I'm like, sure. that's just a Ford Theater. <laughs> I, I think that's a Ford Theater. Yeah, I think it's the Ford Theater that was dismantled and <laughs> shipped across yeah. the country. Right. Like Theseus's boat. Yeah. Other thing, Lincoln was murdered like in kind of Bermuda shorts and just like in, <laughs> on a like Hollywood trip. He was seeing Rent. It was actually. <laughs> it wasn't Lincoln. It was one of the guys who plays him out on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, was was murdered there. Absolutely. <laughs> By a, by a John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> right. Every day they go through another one. Step like, right up to the John Wilkes Booth. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I love the idea of, of yeah, if, if there was a Hollywood Boulevard back in the day when like celebrities were just like notary. Tesla! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get you with a joy buzzer. Oh my right. God. That would be amazing. <laughs> I, love, I love the idea that there'd be two competing... Benjamin Franklin's <laughs> meeting with various like differing Furious. levels of quality of their costumes. <laughs> like, so, yeah, the for, wig line is really visible. For, and- so for perhaps some of our international listeners don't know what we're talking about. Uh, Hollywood Boulevard, of course, is the big touristy part of Hollywood. It has all the stars on the ground with people's names, and um, so it, it always features a bunch of people in costume, uh, and they're always just dressed like superheroes, and they make you pay money to take a picture with them. There was a documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but there was a documentary made about those guys. I know. I know. And it's like a hardcore job. But I get a little upset with them sometimes because, uh, you know, I'll drive by and I'll see like a Spider-Man or something. But they're just in a Spider-Man costume anyone could buy. Right. <laughs> you know, like from Target or something. It's not like a it's not when you think it's like Spider-Man in shoes and socks. 
<laughs> when you think, if you even just go to Comic Con and someone who isn't making any money out of it, it's not in the slightest bit their job, has spent hundreds of hours putting together a really elaborate costume. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was the whole point. It's like, if I want a picture with that guy, I just, I don't know, man. I could just, just buy a Shrek costume. Go to your nephew's birthday party right. and take a photo of just any of the kids there. Right. It's probably half, you know, somewhat failed actors who still take some pride in the thing and half it's just like this is basically panhandling but I found this red and blue jumpsuit so now right. I'm gonna say I'm a Spider-Man there, there's a guy a there's a guy it's probably my favorite person in Hollywood I know I have friends here I know I have actual real friends that live here okay. I'm sorry guys I apologize to all of you I apologize Mike no problem I don't none know none of what, you are my yeah. favorite person in Hollywood fair enough because of this guy um, there's a guy every single day stands at Hollywood and Highland with a giant sign that says go fuck yourself ah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I give him a wave every time I pass yeah 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 and I'm just like uh, the motivations that guy has I don't know what <laughs> if anyone wants to see him he's on the northeast corner just before the bus stop yeah and who's he talking to everyone yeah well he just um, he just wants you to go fuck yourself and I think it's, <laughs> it's just great <laughs> I don't know whether he's sort of exercising his first amendment rights I don't know if he's yeah just what drives someone to do that? I, I don't or whether know. it's targeted at one specific person, and he's hoping like, that person. He's waiting every yeah. day. It's yeah. so like the, the way a stop clock is right twice a day. Oh yeah, go fuck yourself is right once in a while. <laughs> or he's just waving some people off on the ones he's pointing right at. Decide <laughs> this is for you. No, not you. Not, this is you. 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 Yeah. Well, I wonder if it used to say like "Go fuck yourself, Sheila," <laughs> and then he just sort of took a part off for times when Sheila wasn't driving by. <laughs> I don't know. Did I, I ever know. show you guys the uh, picture I took of the, there's a van that someone has uh, wrapped? You know, you can just do those complete sure. decal wraps around yeah. a vehicle. And it's all to promote a website that purports that Stephen King was actually the person who murdered John Lennon. Oh. Oh, awesome. John Lennon conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. There's some it's a very specific conspiracy theory. theory. I'll post the link over on probablyscience.com. I'm sure it's easy to find. But Not uh, least because that's one... The one celebrity murder that has almost no conspiracy or doubt around it. Nope. None. Like, he That's was, why it's so diabolical. <laughs> shot in broad daylight, <laughs> surrounded by witnesses. The the guy who shot him waited around for the right. police to get him. Oh. <laughs> he was apprehended at the scene of the crime. The greatest trick Stephen King ever pulled was convincing the world he did not exist. Uh, yeah, so LennonMurderTruth.com. Uh, Steve, Le- Steve Lightfoot. <laughs> <laughs> As a twenty-four page booklet he wants to sell you. Yeah, there would be there would be a lot more people coming forward with information that well, I think, how much is his booklet? Uh, we should just buy this. Okay. Well, it says that it's Nixon, a- Reagan, and Stephen King are linked to, J- to John Lennon's murder, new evidence reveals, and I'm clicking through to order now. It costs five US dollars. Okay, let's that's do it. it. We're, We're buying it. it. <laughs> All right. We're buying it. Not enough people pamphleteer anymore. Yeah. Well, because I think 24 pages is the maximum amount that you could even make up that that happened. (laughs) Like, that's the the maximum amount of bullshit (laughs) you could possibly fill because it's not a true thing. (laughs) And it's it's slightly pricey. I mean, like, a comic book is like 22 pages and can be like two or three bucks. But uh, you're getting a greater quality, I guess. No, but I'm saying, like, I mean, absolutely. But I could probably fill 30 pages that. You know that Abraham Lincoln was killed at a viewing of Rent, right? You know what I mean. Like we could just do that if we wanted. It's probably double spaced. It's like a really giant, like it's courier font or something. It's just a kid trying to reach a word count in a paper. Uh, On on the front page of the site, he says, "As John would say, don't let me down. (laughs) Please, (laughs) please support me. I can't do it alone. Let's confront the media, or they won't tell." Stephen King shot John. I really wish he quoted a song John didn't write. (laughs) (laughs) He's like. As John would say, where do all the lonely people come from? As John would say, you, you, 
you can't always get what you want. <laughs> oh, man. He probably would have said that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he would have. I mean, it's reasonable point. to say. Give it enough time. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a thing he would say. Like if someone is specifically yeah. asked him hey, for John, something. Can, that... you, can you always get what you want? I don't think no, so. You can't always get what you want. You so can, you use the ans- can you use the question in the answer also? Because I'm not going to edit my part out. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yes, you can't always get what you want. Perfect. You, can, you can't always get what you want. You can't. You can't always have that. You can try sometimes. You know. <laughs> um. So, uh, you know who uh, can always get what they want is our donors. I, huh? <laughs> sure. Yeah, we do have. We've got quite a few donors. We've to got thank. people to thank. We've got two weeks worth of donors to thank, and we are, as always, extremely grateful to them. Scott Fitzgerald, who writes in quite a bit, he's donated. Thank you, Scott. Uh, thank you very much. Muzaffar Malik, who's Canadian, and has set up a monthly donation. Thank you. Now, I would hope that I be, didn't butcher your name too badly. Would that be Malik? Because I, I do was going to guess Malik, but uh, because well, because I know some people with that spelling and they pronounce Malik, but as a surname. Mm-hmm. Oh, same here. Yeah, and the Terrence Malik is that, but with a C. So I don't know. Oh boy, you guys should. Uh, I mean, if people want. Specified specified pronunciations. They should uh, a include few people it. have. A few people do. Some people have. A few people do. So if they don't, then uh, then they get whatever. I think some people have intentionally. We've butchered some names quite badly in this in the past, and some people seem okay with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other people, I don't know. Uh, Holly Balcom uh, from Portland. Thank you so much, Holly. We very appreciate generous, it. Very generous donation. As was a uh, Ben McDade Wren, who's a Londoner. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Josh Rouse. Rouse. Josh. Joel. Joel Rouse. Wow. Also just, Josh. I just suddenly Adele dazimed that. That wasn't even <laughs> close. How does wow. that happen? What uh, are you, Malik yeah, over there? Joel Roush from Springfield. Very so thank you, Johnny. Rob Liebscher from Mountain View, who said, who donated uh, generously and also said, I'll be at the Bridgetown show and I'm bringing Gallagher. You know, we thanked mm-hmm. Rob and Ben when we did our Matt and Jesse only episode. Oh, okay. oh didn't this we? They get a double thing. There might be people that we've missed out as well. We've missed out people in the past. We, we probably missed out If we miss you people. out, then please let us know. Josh Leeper. Did we thank Josh Leeper from Gainesville last time? Absolutely. We made rush jokes with him. I remember this. Oh, yeah. Robert Howley. Uh, I think we did. And Kendall Owl, former coworker of mine. Kendall also came to the live show. Thank you so much for the donation. Last name Owl? Oh, I think I met Kendall as well then. A-U-E-L. His his mother actually wrote uh, Clan of the Cave Bear, one of the best-selling books of all time. Heard of it. Yes. It's a big big one. So, with that in mind... I thought it was a very generous donation, but yeah. now I know he's a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fuck you, Kendall. I met Kendall at the taping. He was a very, very nice guy. guy. Very funny improviser also, actually. Uh, I hope I didn't just out... Yeah, I'm allowed to say his mom... Whatever. Yeah, it's an interesting anecdote. It's a, it's a huge book. What's that book about? I haven't heard of it. It's, Big it's, surprise. It's, I haven't heard of it. I haven't heard of the book. It's not. It's not. It's not a. Uh, it's. It's. It's, it's not important fiction. what it's about. It's, it's Don't fiction. Worry. It's yeah. fiction. It's not like a thing about cave, cave bears. Uh, it's a... Uh, uh, Actually, I'm embarrassed. Is that a good answer to what's a book about? (laughs) That's fiction. It's fiction. (laughs) It's about some made-up stuff. Don't even worry. (laughs) I was going to go see a... Not anything you need to know. Guys, I was thinking about uh, reading Ender's Game before the movie. What's it all about? That's fiction. Fictional. Fiction. fiction. (laughs) What I meant to say is like it's... it's A bunch of words on pages. Don't worry. Yeah. It's, a, it's a historical <laughs> novel. It it's, speculates on the possibilities of interactions between Neanderthal and modern Cro-Magnon humans. And the movie stars uh, Daryl Hannah. Yeah. It's about Daryl Hannah. That's what the book's about. Yeah, it's about uh, about 200 pages. It's about Daryl Hannah. It's, uh, it's about how she... Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of someone else that died. That How she killed Brian Jones. I guess that'd be the other... I don't know where the reference is there. I'm sorry. 
Well, we were talking about Stephen King killing oh, okay. yes, okay, okay, John Lennon. Okay, okay, okay. So I was going to go Daryl Hannah killing Brian Jones. He did die in a pool. She was in Splash. Make the connection. <laughs> Dennis Wilson. It all connects, man. <laughs> hey, man. Join the dots. <laughs> did you say join the dots? Yeah. yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that what you guys do? Oh, you'll connect the dots, right? Yeah. Join the dots. There we go. It sounds like a, a, sounds like, yeah, like a recruitment like a, yeah. or something. <laughs> guys, a new, new club. <laughs> the dots. No, it sounds like a join a, up. That just sounds like a sign at a mall to get you to work for Dippin' Dots. Yes. So, so do you have a? Is it a connect the dots puzzle in kids' puzzle books? Yes, yes that's exactly. right. It's a join the really? dots. Really, we're joining the dots. You Every guys go join the we dots. Learn something <laughs> here in this podcast. Wow. Not only science. Oh, fun to learn. <laughs> wow. We always ask our guests this before we get started with the stories. Mike, what if anything is your science background? Uh, I mean, I had I went to uh, school, uh, elementary school, uh, high school. Yeah, took, uh, took you one eight, of those. some AP classes. Fiction. Which I was ones? in fiction. Uh, yep, exactly. I took uh, AP biochem and physics. What is AP? Damn. Oh, advanced placement, which uh, is like college credit in high school. So I, I, could, I think I did get those college credits, so I didn't take if almost any science in college. What did you do in college? What was I your studied major? psychology, which is, uh, well, you that's know, a science. pseudo, uh, you know, social science, certainly. Sure. Uh, you know, learning about no no hard fit. It's not it's not math. I was a math minor, as well. Oh. Was a math major until I decided to stop being a math major. Became a math minor. Got to my the limit. I was real good at math up till a few classes into college, and I was like, oh, this is this doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was in a similar place. Not real. I had to do my whole degree in it. <laughs> Just because you'd gone too far to turn back at that point, or yeah, well, I still liked it. I was st- I was alright until. Towards the end of the first year, and then the second year is when I just got screwed. Algebraic structures was the last thing that I was like, "That's enough." I don't know what a ring is in this context. Oh, groups, and, rings, and fields. Yeah, those business. Uh, they're like, you know, you just uh, it's fiction. It doesn't matter. It's not even like you can't grab it. Uh, What's this textbook about? Yeah, it's fiction. <laughs> yeah, fiction. Fiction, fiction textbook. <laughs> fiction. And uh, then I got a master's in linguistics. Yeah, which okay. is another it's very apropos of your uh, your comedy is very, so, it's very oh, I smart. Thought, I don't I thought, think that's but also your, your comedy is like quite food. You got to linguine sticks is what you yeah, 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 yeah. linguine yes. sticks. Yes, your count. <laughs> that's a perfect example. Your comedy is very language heavy. A I lot of wordplay. Yep, I use a lot of words and I uh, put them in different places and letters and yeah, I do enjoy I enjoy a palindrome, an anagram, an acronym. Uh, Various word By the plays. way, I think you're the first person that I ever heard do a Super Bowl superb owl joke, which has been appropriated by many a comedian. I wonder if you were angry about that. Or... Uh, no, I don't get angry. I mean, I also might. I'm the first person that I know right. that did it. Could it. have been, but also it's the kind of thing that you could, you could have seen those words. Like Dimitri Martin has looked at Scarface, and he's the person who I saw made it Scarface, and I thought of that at one point. I was like, oh, somebody he did it. Like, oh, I, yeah, I think anyone who does crosswords a lot. Is gets into the habit of breaking up words into constituent words. I, I have a similar. Uh, this is just a fun thing to do. This just I'm, uh, there's no bit about it, but if just for all oh, of you I guys and our listeners. Oh, fun. Um, okay. oh no, no, I didn't mean like don't do a bit about it. I'm saying I'm saying like I no, feel I like just, this I this is like fun. Huh? I don't like fun as well. Oh, you don't? No, I I generally don't like fun either. Okay. But I feel like this is the type of fun you like. Oh, okay. I, it's I'm our type now. of fun. Oh, okay, great, 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 great. I'm not saying let's go to a club and do Molly. Please, oh, I did you that. Know, did that at Bridgetown. So that's so that is you. You like fun. I do. Yeah, I there's was like lying. songs about I was that stuff. Kidding. I was my. I was having fun by saying I didn't like it. I'm still. Oh, I'm still. Tricky. This is a jokey tone. I'm sorry, oh, guys. Mike, I'm. I'm really just, happy. Let's just and stop and, that in yeah. its tracks. Let's make okay. sure that doesn't continue for the my rest. My bad, of guys. I'm having a good time. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Super Bowl, superb owl. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that's really fun to Google is the penis mightier than the sword. Oh sure. Uh-huh. And people, thousands of people on Yahoo Answers. 
yo, is it true the penis mightier than the sword? <laughs> and just so many people where it's, they're not jokes, man. It's just. I mean, that's. It's been around so. I mean, that was a. It was a celebrity, celebrity Jeopardy, Jeopardy on, on, SNL. Uh, on SNL. Yeah. The, uh, the Sean Connery reading the pen is mightier. No, no, no. And, yeah, of course. But it's, uh, it's very fun. It's oh, very fun. A lot of fun. Extremely fun. And a lot words of, are fun. No, and a lot of people, um, a lot of people ask the Yahoo answers, and uh, there's a lot of funny answers. It's like the whole the whole uh, Amazon things that have been appropriated just by oh, like people banana, writing the jokes. Banana holder that the Hutzel banana cutter. Banana cutter. <laughs> I guess a banana holder isn't that useful. Is it? Um, I love that stuff. So you're not against a pun. You're not anti-pun. No, no. I mean, I'm probably anti-most puns because yeah. most of them are, you know, old now and have been done and are unoriginal or, you know, you hear them over and over again. And that's what I think that's what people don't like when they think of a pun. They think of like, you know, your dad doing the same joke right. over and over every time you hear the same setup. Like, oh, you got your hair cut? No, I got them all cut. OK, yeah. great. Good one. <laughs> uh, enjoy. And, but every once in a while, they'll come across a person who's like, oh, I've never heard that one. That was fun. Like. Any wordplay is generally good the first time you hear it, especially the more meaning there is to it. Like, yeah. and I enjoy uh, like uh, champagne for my real friends and real pain for my sham friends. You know, yeah, like ones that like they ha- there's something. Yeah, you know, it's like oh, it's not just meaningless. It's yeah. not mindless. I mean, I enjoy a good meaningless silly thing as well. But yeah, I'm not anti-pun. But I do try to like if people are like, oh, you're all about puns. I'll be like. I'm not. I wouldn't say all. I wasn't of that. trying to say yeah. that either. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. nobody. I'm like, God, I, I wouldn't say that. That's everything that I, I say. I do a lot of things. I try to do. I'm like, yeah. This is this is what you're talking about. That's uh, that's what I do. Yeah. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's uh, a weird thing that that's happened. I think in the last uh, ten years or so that everybody has to, feels like they have to get on board the anti-pun bandwagon. Like, do they? I think it's I, a I big thing that. to be like, oh, puns are the lowest form of humor. It's like, well, they can be, but like, there's plenty of times they've made me. Bust out loud. There's plenty of times, <laughs> but also like who's? I was going for more of a, like a cow lowing <laughs> lowest. Anyway, most of the time a quote makes its way into our ether like that, like puns are lowest. It was it was generally just a huge asshole that said it. Yeah, like who originated that? It's like how people Stephen King, Hitler, <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> well, no, I've thought about this a lot lately. Is how people uh, and I, I've I and I have tweeted about this, but how people uh, quote Marilyn Monroe. All willy nilly, like she wasn't a huge skanky awful person. Oh, it's not awful to be skanky, but I understand what you're saying. No, 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 I'm yeah. not. I'm not skank shaming. Pro skanks. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. If you're talking about this, mm-hmm. this is like the one of the most telltale quotes. You're dealing with a crazy person. You should cut bait instantly. Is if a girl ever quotes the, uh, if you can't deal with me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe. Like, er, er, yeah, er, red flag. Scuttle the shuttle. Scuttle the shuttle. Now is that something she actually said? Yeah. Who knows if she did? Who cares? I think it was Stephen Wright, but it's attributed to her. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, she she's uh, married three times. She's a huge addict. She was. Uh, <laughs> if you can't handle me at my worst, it's pretty reasonable actually. Because yeah. that's you no. She, she, then you're like a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> right? And you are like three men that I've divorced. Uh, that um, this might be while we're talking about that kind of nonsense phrase. I was going to sort of keep this as like a secret, like a little underground thing and just let see who discovered it over time. But fuck it, I'm going to tell all the listeners uh, in collaboration with Mac J, who also made the Dennis Miller bot. Oh, yeah. Probably science. A while ago, I found there's a really terrible Twitter account called Notebook of Love. Mm-hmm. And it's full of just the most horrible little shitty trite sayings. And I got. Mac to program a bot that he's had running for a while just called Hitler's Notebook, Notebook of Hitler. Oh, good. And it just, re- 
it just copies everything that Notebook of Love says <laughs> and attributes it to Hitler <laughs> <laughs> on an automatic basis. Oh, that's great. And it's amazing how well it works. Like, example. I'll just give you an example. I've just got it open in front of me now. What's the actual Twitter handle? Uh, the, the actual Twitter handle is Hitler's Notebook. And, and the Notebook of Love account has millions of... Four, five, fo- million five million views. Five million followers. So it's just, and it's horrendous. Uh, so here are some of them. How many times did you tell me you loved me and not meant it, Adolf Hitler? Ha. That works. <laughs> These a are lot. just the f- top three. Before you strive to inspire others, inspire yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you won't always be there for me, but you know I'll always be there for you. Ha. <laughs> when will my heart stop beating when I see you, Adolf Hitler? <laughs> oh, you've you've reminded me of another science thing that I'm related to. Can I tell you? Yeah. Go for it. Uh, do you guys know the humor code people? Yes, we've they've been, been on, on the show a couple of times. Uh, so they, you know, they put out their book in April, and I've like hosted uh, uh, their release show at Gotham. And I also they had me. Uh, they, there was a, an article that came out in Wired mm-hmm. where they have they, you know, they have a joke writing like computer mm-hmm. program. Oh yeah, yeah, I and heard so about I, this on NPR. I combated their. They they asked me to come up with like a few jokes to compete with their robot, and, and they were jokes within a specific structure. Yeah, it was like I like my this, like I like my that. Right. Wow, the deep blue Kasparov battle. Yeah. Look at you sitting there. That's me. Wow, man. What were some of the ones the computer came up with, if you can remember? I would love Uh, if it was a roast battle. (laughs) Like, if if it was like a joke roast (laughs) where you guys were actually battling. (laughs) Uh, Just by the way, uh, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm telling you it's going to be worth it, Adolf Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think... Like this. This is not exactly one of. This is very close to one of the computer ones. It was like I like my fingers. Like I like my situations. Sticky. Like they weren't. You know. They. It was just. They were like. Oh, I know. Uh, an adjective goes with these two things. Interesting. And it would sometimes make some sense, and sometimes not be the most solid joke. But sometimes right. it would be fine. Sure. Are there sure. any ones you could think of that were like surprising you with how funny they were? Just they, it only had. It only had three. Oh, okay. They, they had three, and I did three. So you. You won. I mean, it wasn't. Look, it's up to anyone to judge. But, yeah. Like the lady or the tiger, you know. Were there any? Uh, do you remember any of the ones? Did they did? have? Now, here's how they should do it. They should also have a comedy audience judge computer, and then a real comedy <laughs> audience <laughs> member, and they're also competing <laughs> to get the to work out which jokes work to get well. the correct judgment. You could kind of create a loop. I think this is this was like a silly one that I did. I like my uh, my absent-minded professors the way I like my uh, jewelry on a hobo bum bling. Yeah. Okay. Yep. See, I don't think a computer would have come up with could have come up with that. No, not not for a little while. Not till the singularity. Because yeah, because <laughs> that was there were sort of two different mental processes going on at the same time. Yes. There's the homophone, and there's also the whatever you call the adding the the adjective that qualifies both of those nouns. Yes. So yeah, I, I felt I felt good with the end result. They're, yes, I think it's going to be a long time before we get to the point that we are at risk of losing joke writing jobs to computers. Yeah, they're going to they're going to take over photography first for sure. Definitely, some arts are on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my iPhone can actually reproduce a basket of fruit much better than most painting most painters. Oh yeah, so. like yes. it's much more accurate. <laughs> Not even close. No, no absolutely. absolutely. We should get to some actual stories. We should. Well, here's one. Just because you studied psychology, sure, and also because it was sent in by. Kendall, one of our donors and one of our... Kendall Owl. My attend- former co-worker, and yes. Yes, friend of the show. He said, uh, and, and also it's Michigan Engineering from the University of Michigan that came up with this, which Hail was... Hail to the victors. 
where I grew up. I didn't actually go to school there. You didn't go there, but didn't your grandfather call the games there? Yeah, he was the voice of Michigan football for four four decades. This is a story about... This is just a little new story that the university has released about something that they've done, which is a smartphone app that detects mood swings via voice analysis. Oh, man. A smartphone app that monitors subtle qualities of a person's voice during everyday phone conversations shows promise for detecting early signs of mood changes in people with bipolar disorder. Um, University of Michigan team reports. While the app still needs much testing before widespread use, early results from a group of patients, a small group of patients, shows its potential to monitor moves while protecting privacy. Or privacy, as you would call it. Fair enough. I just noticed the raised eyebrows, ah. just as I said. Every time I say privacy, yeah, I like the wrong way. I think privacy it. is a great way to say it. I do it. like it as well. I also like the idea that like you could be on the phone with somebody, bipolar or not. I assume people are going to be using it for regular. Be like, I just like, did your mood just change? Like now it did, you know. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's be like a Heisenbergy kind of you know observer principle. Yeah. Well, yeah, they hope it'll eventually give uh, people with bipolar disorder and their healthcare teams an early warning of the changing moods that give the condition its, its name, um, and it could also help people with other conditions. And you don't even have to do anything special. They just ask that you use the smartphone as you normally would. So just text all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Just make the app completely... Tappity, 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 tap. Your tapping sounds like you're bipolar. The way you played that last Bejeweled Blitz game makes me think you're starting to swing. The way you played those last 1,700 Bejeweled Uh, Blitz games makes me feel like you might need to go... You're an ignored phone call, like 50 phone calls from your mom. You're swiping no a lot on Tinder, and I think you're being a little judgmental and possibly bipolar. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you did yes, 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 yes for like a few hours and then no's for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> you bummed out? What's going on? So according to uh, uh, Emily Mauer Provost, Assistant Professor of Computer Science and Engineering, who co-led the project, uh, they collect speech data from the smartphone and process the data in a privacy in a privacy-preserving manner Thank you. to learn the acoustic patterns associated with harmful mood variations. Um, and more patients, uh, let's see, have started using the app on study-provided smartphones. As more patients volunteer, the team will continue to test and improve the technology. Um, they call the project Priori because they hope it'll yield a biological marker to prioritize bipolar disorder care to those who need it most urgently to stabilize their moods. Um, especially in regions... Well, I mean, this is especially in regions of the world with scarce mental health services. Yeah. But a lot of smartphones for some reason. Everybody's got smartphones these days. Um, the bipolar disorder affects tens of millions of people worldwide. Um, it can have a devastating effect, uh, including suicide um, and bad poetry. Uh, but first, Is that in there? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's right in there. Um, but first, based on these encouraging findings, the technology and algorithms will be developed uh, via research involving... I was trying to signal Jesse just to get in front of his microphone without saying it. Get in front of your microphone. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know what? You know what's interesting is uh, let me. Okay, I'll explain to listeners. I was reading so peripherally, sort of the top of my vision. I saw Andy just going fucking nuts. His hands. <laughs> going I started nuts. by waving in a normal way, and you didn't see me waving. No. And then I started waving in a bigger way, and I couldn't believe you couldn't I, see dude, me. I I free no, no, no. I thought you were like, getting thought... attacked by mosquitoes because yeah. we have mosquitoes out here, and I thought you were really just like I thought that was like, like some <laughs> real slapstick. That I was some naked gun style stuff. <laughs> Someone's <laughs> choking and think they get playing. No, I thought, or something. I, thought I thought it was more like just don't do that bit of the stories. Like Jesse, we're gonna have to edit this bit of the story out. I totally. I used to write poetry. This bit is not peer reviewed yet. <laughs> We're funded by a poetry company. I don't know what's a poetry company. <laughs> a poetry company. Uh, Russell Simmons. <laughs> 
Well, um, so the way the app works, yes. If anybody, I didn't mean to cut you off. If you were no, no, go right. for it. Uh, it runs in the background on an ordinary smartphone and automatically monitors the patient's voice patterns during any calls, as well as uh, during weekly conversations with a member of the patient's care team. And then it analyzes uh, characteristics of the sounds and silences of each conversation. And uh, only the patient side of every phone call is recorded, so they're not like recording. Obviously, it's not useful to know what their friends are saying. Maybe it would be. Who knows? I don't know. The way someone responds to you might indicate. Here's what I wonder: Is it actually storing the entire conversation, it or is like it a ton of data? Yeah. yeah or is it uh, like if it was rest- if it was sort of markers? If it was just doing some kind of Fourier transform? Surely it's a sampled. It's I mean, a, a sample rate. But if it's the entire thing through, that seems dodgy. And also, if you ask someone. But but it's interesting. They don't. The, the researchers can't hear the actual. They can't listen to them and hear someone like, "I feel like I'm becoming manic." So I think there's like you know, there's nothing like that. The researchers right. only get access to the computer analysis of the recordings, not the actual recordings themselves. So right. it keeps them from. But like, here's what I thought. I would have thought it would do the computer analysis on the fly and send that data through rather than send the entire phone call to a server because I think some people might be uncomfortable about that. I'm sure that it samples mm. it in a way that probably the algorithms and things they have worked out. It probably samples it at such a low information cost just to find out probably like Tone. three things about it, yeah. you know, yeah. just and, and so it probably is recording the whole thing, but it's not even in a recognizable Yeah, but the article way. says it, it's stored in secure servers that comply with patient privacy laws. So they've figured out something that, that sure satisfies that. And yeah, anyhow, so the standardized weekly mood assessments with a trained clinician provided benchmark for the patient's mood and are used to correlate the acoustic features of speech with their mood state. And uh, because other, men- other mental health conditions also cause changes in a person's voice, the same technology framework developed for bipolar could be used for everything from schizophrenia to post-traumatic stress disorder to Parkinson's disease, they say. So, yeah. And there's actually a lot more in this article. We'll link to it over at probablyscience.com if anybody wants to check it out. And if anybody wants to now analyze why my voice is starting to trail off right now, what that says about oh, me. Yeah. Then, mm. Uh, mm. I like that it said it was analyzing the silences as well. Yeah, sort of a. It's got a jazz approach. Yeah, yeah. It's about the mood you're not in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The very Simon and Garfunkel sort of thing. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Bridge over turbo water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, so was, you can't always get what you want. Yeah, you can't. You can't always get what you want. Paul Simon. Paul Simon. <laughs> Murdered by Art Garfunkel. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe at some point. No, Edie Brickell, didn't you hear about the, uh, they were both arrested because they were so violently fighting each other. Oh, I didn't hear that. His wife, Edie Brickell, and Paul Simon's like 75. Oh, that's recently? This is like last week. Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. know. What happened? Paul Simon and his wife, Edie Brickell, who's like 40 years younger than he is, uh, had to appear in court because they were arrested for fighting so loudly that the police came. Now, is he still a regular on Community or did he leave? Was he? I constantly, like, until, we've discussed this Wait, before, what? but I... Because my only experience of seeing Paul Simon recent... on TV was the You Can Call Me Owl video, I just oh, have okay, him I'm and Chevy sorry. Chase permanently linked to my mind. Oh, understood. I haven't seen but, recent But also, I didn't know which was which. Like, I was fairly sure until <laughs> this singer would be a the relatively one. old age. Yeah, I didn't. I really didn't know that Paul Simon was... A different person? Was, wasn't the, the taller guy who was doing all the things. Mm. It's a reasonable mistake. And I mean, not his little buddy who was hopping around. And then there's the piece of trivia that may or may not be true that uh, Chevy Chase was in like a uh, proto Steely Dan, like he was in like an early version of Steely Dan, or played drums with Becker and Fagan. Has anybody heard that that rumor? No, Jesse, no, not at all. No, and you're kind of a Steely Dan fan, right? 
Not really. God damn it. Am I the only person <laughs> in the world who likes Steel... God. No, I like them. I like yeah. them. I think they're very crisp, you know? They're very crisp. <laughs> Everyone hates Steely Dan. No, they don't. I what, I dude, when I was in uh, like audio engineering school, uh, Steely Dan was like the reference point. That's what we would listen to constantly. Like, it's like the, the best production. It's the best production. Yeah. But it puts people off. People don't, don't like things that sound too good. I get it. I get it. You guys can't handle how awesome it is. I bet we have Sealy Dan fans who listen to this show. <laughs> and if you I'm do, sure please email in and remember to mark your email, Steely Dan. So yeah. <laughs> to mark, please. Let's say, immediately. Chevy Chase was in a group called Dealy Stan. <laughs> it was a pawnbroker named Stanley. Yeah. yeah. yeah, He did a lot of deals. Dealy Stan's a great name for a company. <laughs> it is. <laughs> or a, or a country in uh, Eastern Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Dealy Stan. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, you just have to add the stand on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is what's the etymology of that? Do you think stand? Uh, it probably just means country. it must be yeah, like, like the same way that you know state en- land ending ham. You know, like Framingham or like you know sure. Waltham. Like that means hamlet, like village. It must mean well, yeah. There are quite a yeah. few of them. Like in Britain, you can tell Shire. You can uh, ford like a lot of towns end in or cities end in ford because they were fords in the river. That became meeting points that grew into bigger. Yeah. So all the stands, there was like there was a guy named Stan there, and then everything that ends yeah. in Chester in Britain or Cester is a Roman town, hmm. so oh. including From Chester Caesar? itself, and then Manchester. And is it Caesar related? I think no. I think I'm trying to remember what Julius Caesar. Cheater? I think it might be. Yeah, I, see, no, I thought this was Cheetos related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's a, che- a Cheetos town, like a Cheetos mining. You guys, according to Mental Floss, the ancient Indo-Iranian peoples, descendants of Proto-Indo-Europeans who moved east and south through the Eurasian steppe, used uh, used stand to mean place or place of. Hmm. It's this meaning that's used for the names of modern dash yeah. stand countries, which got it through linguistic descent. Or Seems like we were right. Chester, um, Chester, along with Castor and Sesta, comes from the Roman castra, meaning a military camp or fort. And Fair how enough. did you guys get to the point that you would start dropping consonants like, like that that Worcester became Worcester instead of like they're hot? I don't know because it's <laughs> <laughs> it's been around for a long time and people get old and lazy. When the consonant's been around, drop it. Yeah. <laughs> so learning about etymology. Wow. <laughs> no, it's pretty good. You know, I always get all those names of British towns totally, uh, totally tangled. You know, you know what uh, doesn't get tangled, you guys. <laughs> What's that, Jesse? Uh, yeah, uh, octopi tentacles. What? Oh, yeah, I, I read about that. that. Well, it's it's weird, right? Because you would think, look, they've got these sticky... They're suctiony. Mm-hmm. Suctiony things. Yeah. Obviously, as a kid, we've all had suctiony things we'd play with. Sometimes you get them in those 50-cent machine things, mm-hmm. you know, and the uh, suctions stick together. But it uh, turns out that uh, an octopus's arms, which are covered in hundreds of uh, suckers that will stick to just about anything... Um, they won't grab onto the octopus itself. Um, pretty crazy. So, the, it's the octopus code. It's written by Isaac Asimov. Yeah, it's, yeah. An octopus is incapable of, of harming another octopus. An octopus cannot harm another right, octopus. Yeah. So yeah, it, a, they can't stick to themselves or others. They can't stick to themselves or others. What was the third law? I don't even. All I know is the one about robots can't hurt humans. No, nah, there were three. Three laws of robotics. Robots can't hurt octopus. Sure, Octopodus. makes sense. No, they can't harm a human. They can't harm a robot. Never talk about robots. Never talk about Fight, Fight Club. Yes. Just the movie. Just don't. I think they can't. They, they, <laughs> first rule Very of the movie Fight Club yeah. is don't talk about <laughs> right. the movie Fight Club. Yeah. You know, uh, they, 
that movie didn't get a big uh, world of ma- word of mouth sale. <laughs> it, was, it was really <laughs> <laughs> they really bit themselves on the ass. <laughs> so here are the three laws, in case you were wondering. A robot may may not injure a human being, or through inac- inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Second oh, law is action. Yeah, so it can't harm a human also, being, they, or they can. Yeah, yeah they, it has to. If they can, in. they have to help human life. The second law is they must obey the orders given to it by a human being, That's except it. where such orders would conflict with the first law. And then thirdly, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Okay. It's like that guy was smart or something, that Asimov, right? But actually, I don't even know what, what purpose this was. He was writing this just as a, like a thing, like this is the rules that I'm going to follow in my writing, or this is a rule yeah, it was it was Yeah, it was when should... he wrote iRobot it was when he wrote iRobot yeah. he also later proposed a zeroth law to come before them which is a robot may not harm humanity or by inaction allow humanity to come to harm huh. how can you harm humanity without harming humans how does that zeroth not get uh, enveloped by the first you know I think that's a I mean I like a robot a may not could harm here's humanity. a way a robot may not create a reality television show <laughs> <laughs> okay that would harm humanity yeah. without specifically harming humans. You know who can't create reality television shows is octopuses, you guys, because they oh, have yeah, yeah. octopi octopuses. It's it can be either. Okay, it can be either. Um, defer to the linguist on this. Um, it can be either. So researchers from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem report in the Cell Press publication Current Biology um, that they have discovered how octopi manage this feat um, of not sticking to themselves, even as the octopus's brains are unaware of what their arms are doing. A chemical produced by octopus skin temporarily prevents their suckers from sucking. Um, we were surprised that nobody before us had noticed this very robust and easy to detect phenomena, says Guy Levy. <laughs> it's like they're taunting their peers. <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys, this paper was just sitting there <laughs> waiting to be written. It's pretty root one, to be honest, as far as science goes. <laughs> Is that an English thing? Pretty root one? Pretty Well, pretty meaning fairly, mm-hmm. re- relatively. And root one? Root one. Root one is used... R-O-U-T-E. Yeah. Oh, okay. In a... Certainly in a comedy writing sense. First thought. First first thought, yeah. Yeah. Easiest point. Root one, not very root one to me. That's interesting that it's not. Yeah. Um, So these guys were entirely surprised by the brilliant and simple solution by the octopus to this potentially very complicated problem. Uh... Benjamin Hockner and his colleagues had been working with octopi for many years, focusing especially on their flexible arms and body motor control. There's very good reason that octopuses don't know what their arms are, where their arms are exactly in the same way that people or other animals do. Our motor control system is based on a rather fixed representation of the motor and sensory systems in the brain in a formant of maps that have body part coordinates. Uh, and that works for us because our rigid skeletons limit the number of possibilities. But it's hard to envisage similar uh, mechanisms to function in the octopus brain because its very long and flexible arms have an infinite number of degrees of freedom. That's fascinating. I never thought about... Yeah, you, you have a concept of what all parts of your body are doing only because there's so many ways they can yeah. be doing It's things. like process so of elimination. Yeah, you've got... Your arm has a few main joints, each of which are a, can, o- a can only move in... Right. Mostly in a plane. There's some rotation either way, but still. Uh, so he says, yeah, use, using such uh, formant maps would have been tremendously difficult for the octopus and maybe even impossible. Uh, indeed, experiments have supported the notion that octopi lack accurate knowledge about the position of their arms. Uh, and that raised an intriguing question. How, then, do they avoid tying themselves up in knots? How do these octopuses not tie themselves up in I, knots? I want to know how they test to make sure they don't know what 
where their arms are. I guess yeah, it's, it's a good question. I guess it's similar to they do tests well, on babies when they're to know what they're aware of and what they can it's see. Because, it's because of that one octopus who had his whole arm up his ass for five years and didn't know. Mm-hmm. Everyone just laughed behind his back at parties, <laughs> and that's when it first occurred to them. Maybe these guys don't. <laughs> they didn't even know they were behind his back, though. I know. Hey, hey. Um. So it, it is a good question, though. Um. You know, how do they avoid tiger nuts? Um, so to answer that, the researchers observed the behavior of amputated octopus arms, which is uh, awesome. Really? Uh, yeah. Which remained very active for an hour after separation. Those observations showed the arms never grabbed octopus skin, though they would grab a skinned octopus arm. <laughs> this is so Cronenbergian. Um, Jesus. The octopus arms didn't grab petri dishes covered with octopus skin either, and they attached to dishes covered with octopus skin extract with much less force than they otherwise would. Uh-huh. So the results so far showed, for the first time, that the skin of the octopus prevents octopus arms from attaching to each other or to themselves in a reflexive manner. The researchers write, the drastic reduction in the response to the skin, the skin crude, est- crude extract suggests that a specific chemical signal in the skin mediates the inhi- inhibition of sucker grabbing. So it's just some actual chemical it gives off saying, like, don't suck, this is octopus skin. Yeah. Wow. Good work. And in contrast, in contrast to the behavior of the amputated arms, live octopuses can override that automatic, me- automatic mechanism when it is convenient. So they that sort of stick together. implies that it would have to know something about its arms. But yeah, living octopuses will sometimes grab an amputated arm, and they appear to be more likely to do so when that arm was not formerly their own. It's probably like a grieving octopus mother seeing one of its babies. I know. What, this is like just basically exposing the cruelty of this <laughs> yeah. experiment. This is so weird. Also, octopuses do not respond well to taunting. Or t- well, uh, I mean, they're like really fucking smart creatures, right? I think. I, I guess. I, I, I don't know. No, I think that's been decided. They can solve really complex problems. Yeah, well, they, that. they can I, predict the World yeah. Cup. Yeah. Yep. They, uh, you know, they can open jars, but that might just be more a muscle thing. But no, I think they figure out how to do it. Yeah. yeah. I think if, if you have like a crab in a jar, they'll like check out the jar and, you know, touch it like, um, you know, blind person yeah. seeing if you're hot or not style and then and then just, you know, open it. <laughs> Right? Am I hot or not? Dot blind. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just kind of, kind of, kind of rub the screen. Yeah. They... <laughs> Braille computer. Ugh. That's the thing, though, isn't it? Like they do have a Braille. I think they've made a screen that can pr- that yeah, yeah, does yeah. live, but does live Braille in the moment. Just no, yes, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, that's all I was referencing. That's yeah. what so was, that was sent in so by, wasn't a by shitty joke. It was like just a <laughs> kind of a science <laughs> story. That's great. Know? That was Thanks, sent man. by uh, Chip Cherry. Thanks for sending that, Chip. Chip Cherry from Hamilton, Jason, Ontario. Quote Chip Cherry. Yes. He's a nice guy. Hamilton, Ontario is pretty cold up there. Oh, how cold is it? How? Who oh, boy? Okay, so things went a little awry. They did. They went. There. They went. A good callback. It's yes. like a year and a half callback. Yes. They went uh, very haywire. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I ran out of space. On whatever, we'll get to that. And you'll hear another version of me in a second explaining what happened. Why we lost some audio. So all I'm going to do now is just preface, fill in the gaps on this one story we were talking we gotta, about. We, yeah, there's some gaps need filling. I think we went out when you were trying to transition into a trying to transition into a. Discussion of of warmth and cold. Warmth and cold. I was doing one of my, you know, copyrighted trademark shitty yes. segues. I was doing a case shitty segue, and um, no, I was just saying that that you know, uh, it turns out 
that there's been a study recently that mm. if uh, people are holding a hot object, such as a cup of tea or uh, coffee or something like that, they work together better than after holding a cold object. And um, that's been a new, a new thing. So they, uh, they set up the prisoner's dilemma. Mm-hmm. The iterated prisoner's dilemma IPD task designed to measure levels of cooperation. And that was completed by 60 students. And before performing the IPD task, participants were asked to hold either hot or cold objects. And analysis showed that individuals who held hot objects cooperated significantly more frequently than, um, than when they held cold objects. So that's all there is to it. And then... We're going to explain that again in a second, I think, when we cut back to the original recording. But I think, yeah, but we, we, but guys, just trust us. It was hilarious. <laughs> like we did a lot of sweet Lots riffing. Of fun. It was great. The best minutes of the podcast were lost, and it's yeah, on me. we it's lost fun. all of it. But um, you know, that's okay. It happens. Yep. Okay, we're going back to it. Thanks for being with us. So these hot objects make these people hot- work together better. <laughs> uh huh. Is that what we're learning, Matt? Uh, Should we not pretend that we didn't just spend the last 25 minutes trying to recover the files? (laughs) Sure, yeah, let's not pretend that. There's going to be an awkward link where we can't remember exactly what we were talking about Mm -hmm. a second ago by your accounting, if you're listening to the show right now. We've time-traveled. We have time-traveled. We've literally traveled forward in time about 25 minutes while we had a panic that Andy's new computer ran out of memory. Time-traveling and time-wasting. But yeah, I got this (laughs) little baby portable computer that has 64 gigs uh, of... Which is it really has a useful. solid state hard drive. It's very useful unless you have almost filled up that 64 gigs and then you hit that limit as you're recording, which I have to make sure this, not to be close to again. This podcast is a recurring series of off-brand laptops. <laughs> what is this? I haven't even this heard of actually, that brand. It's actually the number one selling laptop on Amazon right now. It's, uh, it's a tablet slash laptop from Asus, and I just wanted something portable. It's got like 12-hour battery life, and it's a solid state hard drive, so it's... Cool. Faster cool. and so uh, yeah, it has the thing because your old laptop made horrible fan noises, yeah, and when you like plugged in the power connector, old, it buzzed. Didn't yeah. you have an Acer at some point? No. And then we had a what? We have a Lenovo. I still have <laughs> the Lenovo is also a stopgap. <laughs> that was a two hundred and fifty dollar Black Friday purchase that I bought while I was repairing my other one. I'm thinking that I would just return it after that one got fixed. You had one made like, by GM rather than buying weird. Yeah. <laughs> rather than buying one MacBook, which will work. Again, you've, you've the, sum total, of, the sum total of all laptops I've bought couldn't buy me one MacBook. That's, so really, I'm still, I'm still <laughs> a winner. You're still in the black. Yes. Yeah. I still haven't lost money on going with a silly overpriced MacBook. So, so anyway, so, sometimes our Lenovo slash Acer's slash General Electric this was not, tablets. This was not an equipment problem. This was just me having too much stuff on the hard drive. Oh, okay. I just got to make okay. sure not to have so much. Yeah. It just ran up against the limit of the size of it. So, okay. So, we're back. So in this task, the iterated prisoner's dilemma, which we hopefully were just talking about. Batman. We were just talking about Batman that. in the prisoner's dilemma. That. It was designed to measure levels of cooperation. And it was completed by 60 students. Before performing the task, the participants were asked to hold either hot or cold objects. Analysis showed that the individual who held hot objects cooperated significantly more frequently when they held, when they had held the hot as opposed to the cold objects. Which is, I don't know where, you, where you'd even think to ask that question in the first place. Was that, yeah, was that the design of the, they're like, I have a hunch. Yeah. Wow. Well, Professor Workman said, there is evidence that during our evolution, the part of the brain responsible for processing interpersonal warmth came to piggyback on top of the part of the brain responsible for physical warmth. Hmm. So when we say we have warmed to someone, 
this is, in a sense, literally true. Jeez. Oh. We use the prisoner's dilemma because it's a well-established tool for measuring cooperation, but we suspect that simply by giving someone a sensation of warmth, they are more likely to cooperate under other circumstances. Perhaps next time you need to ask someone for a favor, it might be worth making them a cup of tea first. Mm. Wow. I never would have figured this was going to end with, like, there's an actual correlation between our idea of metaphorical warmth and real warmth. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting th- thing to me. Yeah. Means you're more disposed to someone around a, a fire, a campfire. I would have thought. Well, I th- I thought Wearing it was because you just you do feel warmer in those situations. When you're happy. What you was kind of feel warm? What was the weather like? Do we know? Because well, it was from the University of South Wales, is where Professor Le- so Lars Werben. So it would have been rainy and shitty, cold, shitty most and rainy. Yeah. So I mean, it's just like if you're happier, you help people more. Apparently so. Yeah. If you're just defeating, yeah. So maybe if you just did this in some place where everyone is constantly trying to escape cool. the yeah. suffocating heat. Yeah, like yeah. Dude, Jamaica, see how that goes. <laughs> a conflicting study right. from the University yeah. of Kingstown, Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're just pouring hot chocolate on other people. It's just like, why are you doing this? It's, <laughs> I'm sweating through my shirt. Give me a cup. Wow. Found that students who've been given a glass of refreshing iced water were more likely to cooperate. Yeah, and that's... as it turns out, being metaphorically cool with people, you know, <laughs> goes along with being temperature-wise cool. Man, this guy's real cool. He helped me out. Yeah, I think I would get a, I get a lot more miserable when I'm too hot than when I'm too cold. Absolutely. I, mean, like, I, I think that the invention of air conditioning is the one of the greatest things humanity has ever accomplished. But, like, compared to the average... It like, would feel I, nice, wouldn't it, Andy? <laughs> God. Oh, yeah. I got back from Bridgetown, drove a thousand miles, looking forward to sleeping, and, like, the worst heat wave we've had, we've had in months here... And our air conditioning was out. It was 100 degrees. Oh, and the rats week. are back. And we the know. rats are back. The rats yeah, are back. The place so, is a nightmare. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess you know, 100 degree weather could kill you, but I feel like, you know, compared to like average or whatever, like say it's like, you know, 60 to 70 degrees, sort of like very comfortable. Yeah. I'd rather be too hot more than too cold in the, by, you know, similar. In the measure. average spectrum? Yeah, I think like, you know, winter will kill you more than summer if you're out like a But I just think it's elements. so much easier to battle cold. You just put more things on. There's no mechanism besides sweating that we have yeah. to beat when something, when it's humid, it's not, just an inescapable Not unless you're misery. battling the day after tomorrow cold where the actual cold puts out that fire. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> just the fact that it's so cold, that fire, oh, the cold's coming. It's going to put out the fire. Did that ha- was that? Yeah, you guys remember that shit? I haven't seen that movie, no. It was I saw the film. Day After Tomorrow? Yeah, I took my little sisters to go and see it when the younger sister, the eldest of my younger sisters, was having a graduation. Mm-hmm. And that we only had two tickets for my parents. Hmm. So then I had to occupy the little, the, the kids. Oh, okay. We went to see that film, and I remember there was some kind of animal that attacked sure. them at some point. Obviously. And there was a was scene Dennis where- Quaid, right? And the, the and the frost, the ice swept across the country, and they were sort of trying to outrun the frost. <laughs> yeah, they were outrunning the frost, but it it would get so cold so quickly that your fire would go out. I remember that was what killed a lot of people, and that's like not a thing that happens. Is that right? not possible? I mean, if something it gets might be cold, possible in some but not context, in right? I mean, if it gets too cold too quickly, I don't know. Yeah, chemical sure. reaction. I don't Why know. Why not? Why not? Pressure. Sure. 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 We'll buy it. Well, I feel like uh, we have time for one short one. Sure. And then... Uh... Yeah, there's a couple of things that... Um, very quickly, before we get on to the final story, there is at least a couple of listeners emailed us a link to the fact that the Big Bang results, which we talked about in depth a few episodes ago, 
the numbers might be slightly off, mm-hmm. according to an article in sciencemag.org, but but also the findings might probably still okay, just the numbers are slightly wrong. We don't know. We didn't understand the story very much when we first heard it. All I know about the story is what we established from Jana, Larry, it, Yeah, and it Jamie. seems like more of a slight inaccuracy than a sham, like yeah. the like the uh, other story we did, the the make stem, stem cells, cells at homes from story. acid baths. Yeah, but, but we also will, we're not going to be the ones to break this. To, we're <laughs> we're not going to be the ones to break this. Oh, other quick news: three uh, D printing now available at Staples. Yeah, thanks. Thomas Hadfield sent us a link to where you can get three D printers now. And so Michael Kings- Kingsley let us know that there are now wasps, uh, twenty four new species of wasps, uh, and two of them were named after Shakira and Jimmy Fallon. Excellent. Ha. So there we go. Nice little link to the show. We mm-hmm. both her hips have to have lied like once. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's inevitable <laughs> at some point. At some um, point, at least a half truth. Here's what lie. I heard: yeah. is that everyone's actually hips lie once. One of her hips always tells oh, the yeah. truth, <laughs> but the <laughs> other one always lies. <laughs> On the aisle of Shakira's <laughs> leg and her other leg. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. So that stem cell story was also not true. But um, you guys ever have? Uh, you ever have cummy hands? <laughs> uh, Je- Jeff, I wonder which of the stories last story. Can we? You know, Mike. You ever your hands all cummy? Sometimes? I mean, I usually am pretty careful. I thought you might have gone for the self-healing plastic story that Kieran yeah. Wilson set in, but no. Oh, you let's do for... that one. No, 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 no let's no. do that one, guys. <laughs> no, I, I like this one. I no, like... here's the deal. Let me explain what happened. Is uh, despite all the crappy laptops, I use my phone to read the stories, and my phone died. So I c- just remember the article titles, and I just remember <laughs> oh, okay. something about. I thought you were going somewhere with. I use my phone for the things most people use. Ah, laptops oh for. no, no, no. My laptop. My, my phone keys are stuck together. No, 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 no. Um, no, I, I like this one. There was also a story. I can't remember. But who there was a stem. We had a stem cell story we did uh john hummel sent this in uh and i've now lost that story. it turns out that's okay scientists can generate sperm precursors from skin cells of infertile men uh scientists have managed to use stem cells derived from the skin of infertile males to produce sperm precursor cells the study which has been published in cell reports you guys all subscribe to cell reports mm-hmm. so yeah cell reports yeah, yeah. monthly uh, i feel they should go weekly <laughs> they've got enough content certainly yeah uh, long overdue. Uh, it gives hope that one day scientists may be able to produce sperm that could only that could be used to overcome fertility problems in certain men. Uh, infertility affects about ten to fifteen percent of couples, and mutations on the Y chromosome that affect sperm production are surprisingly common. Spe- specifically, many men have alterations in the gene AZF, which can lead to a variety of effects, such as the complete absence of sperm or very low sperm counts. So in this particular study, in this particular study even, the scientists took skin samples from three infertile men with mutations in the AZF gene and two fertile men as controls, and uh, the infertile men did not produce any sperm, a condition known as azospermia. Oh, azospermia. Azospermia. I also subscribe to that, azospermia. They then used skin cells called dermal fibroblasts in order to produce induced pluripotent stem cells, IPSCs, which are cells that possess the ability to turn into virtually any type of cell in the body. Um, they trans- transplanted those unspecialized IPSCs into a particular part of the testes of mice called the seminiferous tubule- tubules, which mm-hmm. are where gametes, of course, Mike knows. Uh, mm-hmm. Naturally, yeah. Where reproductive cells are created. And they found that the stem cells differentiated in- into sperm-like precursor cells, which were very similar to fetal germ cells. Um, and germ cells are the cells that give rise to gametes. And these germ-like cells did not, however, go on to form mature sperm cells, probably because of differences between humans and mice. Um, fortunately, I want to say, I'm, I'm, I don't want to see what happens when you do have a... 
a, a somewhat sper- spermy cell? Or no, a somewhat mousy human or human-y mouse. I don't sure, want to see sure. if that was going to be the result of this. Um, human mouse. Another, Here I come to be real weird. <laughs> <laughs> another unfortunate observation was that cells that left the tubules went on to form tumors in the mice, which obviously represents a major safety problem. That is a major safety problem. That is a problem. That is an issue right now as far as that goes. We can, we're going to post a link to that and the stories we didn't get around to on our website. Yes, which is oh god! Yes, we in the course of our of our loss, we are not brought to you by this Asus laptop. We are brought to you by Squarespace, uh, which, as we mentioned up top, is the fast and easy way to create your own professional website. Um, They've been great to us. We've got a really easy to put together site. They have lots of useful templates. Can you do do an online portfolio with this? You can do an online portfolio. They have a great um, Mike. uh, Do you have a website? I do have a website. You do have a website. I've just seen it. It's Mike Kaplan. Oh yeah, M Y Q. Kaplan. That's right. We should mention Mike is spelled with a Q. Uh, thanks for doing that. And Kaplan's spelled with a K. Yeah, that's right. But yes, uh, Squarespace, um, it's very easy to use. You can pick from a variety of really beautiful uh, Great templates. templates. Great and templates. And I'm a big is- template fan. I check out templates all day. I look at all kinds of different templates. <laughs> if Tem- I know nothing about you, I, I do know this. You are a fan of templates. I'm a template connoisseur. A template One of my favorite movies, Indiana Jones and the Template of Doom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, it's hard to find a good Doom template. My but- body is a template, you know? Yeah, no, I've heard that. I've heard that. Um... Yeah, I, it's a lot see, of blanks to fill in. See, I just I, uh, looked at your website there, uh, Mike. Your one isn't isn't the Squarespace website. It's designed by a design a website designer. And I'm wondering whether you picked it just again because your love of wordplay. Your website designer is called website website Geist. Ah, uh, <laughs> I didn't even know that. Wow, but that sounds great. Sounds like why I would have done that. Yep. Wow. But we use Squarespace, and they. Yeah, why did you just plug a different company? I don't know. Well, that's not because that's not a template. I think that's someone who actually designs your it website. Cost a lot. You know, it wouldn't cost a lot. Is just to pick one. Yeah, of because we can make a web. We going. can make an identical <laughs> website to that. <laughs> is what within, we're saying. Within seconds. Within seconds. Mere, uh, Squarespace. You can just think it, looking at your screen. Mm-hmm. And it makes the thing. I don't know if that's okay. I'm pretty sure it's that's what true. they do. Fair enough. I think Andy just hit hit the keyboard randomly. Just just mm-hmm. mashed the keys. And our website came out. Well, this That's does... That's how easy it is. Match the keys theater. This does sound... Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, like, it's like Mike shutting down at the end of the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just, just spitting <laughs> Huskies theater, theater, theater of the mind. My school, my... <laughs> my race, stingray, stingray. Uh, pacemaker, maker, <laughs> makers and doers of... Uh, this, this Squarespace uh, bullshit does sound expensive, though. It's very affordable. You serious? Plans start from $8 a month. You can get a free trial and 10% off your first purchase if you use the offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE. So go, get over to squarespace.com and Sounds good, get yourself man. a site. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what do you have coming up, buddy? Uh, right now, uh, you can watch my new one-hour special on Netflix. It's called Small, Dork, and Handsome. Nice. Uh, and <laughs> as of, uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, as of very soon from now, if not already, uh, on May 20th, May 20th and beyond... Uh, it's available as an iTunes download as well. Everything else is at Mike Kaplan, you know, dot com or Twitter or Facebook or iTunes or YouTube. And my podcast is called Hang Out With Me. It's at keithandthegirl.com slash hang. And, and uh, you guys had, were on. We, we've been on. Yeah, there's yeah. an episode with Andy and, and me talking. And also we've had Keith and the Girl as a guest on the show. Too. Oh, super. little you, crossover. Doing the right thing. little yeah. crossover. And yes. your most recent episode was, rec- was recorded at uh, the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. That's true. I don't know if it's up yet. Is nope. That- uh, I think it's coming out uh, in the next week or two. So. Okay. The other yes. th- thing, while we're, while we're plugging things... Uh, or I, I might be wrong. Some, May, next year or two. Yeah. I know we have some Denver listeners, and on May 30th, I'm going to be doing the Grawlix comedy show. Oh, that's a great show. Yeah, Bug Theater. I'm looking forward to that. Everyone so, go see Matt. It's going to be Friday, great. Friday, May 30th. Please come down. I like those guys. I haven't been to their show yet, but I hear nothing but good things. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. Please come and see me. 
Excellent. And as, yeah, as always, uh, give us some love on uh, on Twitter and, um, and iTunes. iTunes, iTunes, iTunes would help. It's better yeah. than better. iTunes is better than Twitter for the love. If you're going to pick a place to love us, ra- ra- rating us, write nice things that helps yes. people that helps boost our position in the charts. Five stars, nice, exactly that. Mm-hmm. Give us some nice quotes and that kind of thing. And any questions, comments, clarifications, probablyscience at gmail.com. You can tweet us at probablyscience. Subscribe if you're not already subscribing. Tell your friends to listen to the show. Tell yeah. relatives. Tell people that aren't your friends. Just tell them. Just tell people. Spread Get the it out there. Do some street art. Spray paint things. <laughs> that was Brody Stevens for a second, wasn't it? Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to slip in street art. Yeah. No, I do see the guy at Coffee Bean every morning, <laughs> and sometimes it just it'll ruin my whole day because you're just the rest of the day you're talking like Brody. Because we yeah. talk to each other, yeah. you know. Just, yes, time to push. And I'm just like, there's a lot of people in here. Uh, so. <laughs> Find Mike Kaplan. Uh, you're, you're at Mike Kaplan, Mike Kaplan as well, right? On uh, Twitter? Yes. Well, follow the, him. Ab- absolutely follow him. Very funny stuff. The hilarious Mike Kaplan. Oh, uh, thank thanks you. for coming in, man. Thank you for having me so much. Hey, man. You, it's, it's, I, it's our pleasure. I mean, and I mean that in all the senses. Thanks for having me here so much, and uh, thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Kaplan. Thank you so much. I appreciate Uh, it. We will will (laughs) meet you back here next week. Oh, yeah. I'll see you.